0: Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery, Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, This is your host, this and every episode, Jamie Rodriguez. If you're new to the show, we welcome you. Feel free to follow us on our social media channels, Instagram, jrodconcertspodcast, or check out our website, jrodconcertspodcast.com. And look, guys, we are a music-themed show. Uh, We love our artists, we love our singers, our producers, our tour managers, we love everyone in the world of rock and roll and music. But you guys, by this point, know I have a soft spot for actors who have strong characters, who are um, victors of adversity, who are focused, who have something to teach all of us. That's why we've had a few of them on our show, but none better than today's guest, ladies and gentlemen. Kelly Chenret. Wow. What a guest. What a guest. Emmy-nominated actress for um, Handmaid's Tale in 2018. You've seen her in Grandfathered with uh, John Stamos. She was in Fuller House, here and now on HBO. And right now, you can see her on Manhunt, Deadly Games on CBS, and she's also on two Netflix original movies, All Day and a Night, opposite Jeffrey Wright and Ashton Sanders, and on Corked with Courtney V. Vance. And uh, she steals the spotlight whenever she's on screen. She Her charisma is unbelievable. And as you will see in the interview, it's even better and vividly in real life. And Kelly has such a great story, guys. She persevered. Things didn't come easy for her in Hollywood, but she believed in herself. She had faith in God, and she believed in uh, just, you know, keep chugging at it. And she knew that if she did things right, the universe would prevail. And so it has. So we welcome Kelly to the show. We thank all of you for listening to the program. We hope you enjoy this fantastic episode. And this is Kelly Red on the J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. You know what? <laughs> it's so great to see you because like that radiance that you reflect on on, on all your shows and all your movies, like it translates. And it, oh, this is amazing. thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I'm I'm grateful. I'm
1: grateful. Let me just introduce you really quickly to my audience. You know, uh, Kelly, of course. You know Emmy nominated actress. You've seen her in Grandfather pitch fuller house here and now on hbo and of course the handmaid still where a lot of people may know you you have so many credits and all of them are amazing and of course your new show manhunt right now it's on cvs at 10 Mm -hmm. p.m let's just get that out of the way and you have two netflix original movies streaming right now as well kelly you have all day and a night and uh, uncorked with courtney v vance yes so busy woman, busy woman.
0: Yes. Oh, thank God.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. So thank you for your time. You know, we're we mostly a music theme show. We, we have a lot of artists and, and musicians and producers, but we've had actresses before, like, like we had Ashley Judd and now we have you. And like, it's like the epitome because you are like a rock star. So it Aww. makes perfect sense.
0: Thank it makes you perfect for sense. saying Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, Kelly, you are. So, uh, you know, let, let's, let's start with the obvious. How has uh, this year been for you?
0: Oh man, you know, this year has been challenging. It has been fruitful, enlightening, difficult, uh, but also just really filled with a lot of peace, you know, understanding that it is what it is, and I can't change what is happening around me with COVID happening or you know, not really being able to go and see my family. And so for me, my focus has just been on maintaining my peace so that I don't drive myself crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Your family's in Georgia, right?
0: Yes. My, all my family um, is still in Atlanta, Georgia. Well, most of my family Mm -hmm. is still there. Mm -hmm. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's the way to to do it. The way you you're handling it, you know, realizing mm-hmm. that it's how we react to these challenges. So for sure, for sure, Kelly. So let's talk a little bit about your early life, if you will, and then move, move to the present a little bit because you have okay. such a, your story in itself is like a Hollywood story. Like you don't even need <laughs> to act. You don't even need to act. I mean, you were basically born an actress. I mean, there's that, uh, there's a rumor on the street that your mom said you were acting in the womb
0: yeah (laughs) that's what she said it came out ready to ready to perform
1: (laughs) ready to perform i love it so let me ask you about that big first play right you're in fifth grade little kelly in atlanta georgia and you go to charlie and the chocolate charlie and the chocolate factory right yeah yes
0: Uh
1: uh-huh well tell us a little bit about this memory you know five years old fifth grade that's amazing
0: Yeah, you know, uh, I'm so grateful for my teacher. Mr. Hornsby was his name, my fifth grade teacher. And he asked us about putting on a play. And I don't remember all of the details, but somehow we ended up on Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And I had the opportunity to play the lead. And I remember him asking if, you know, we wanted to change the name to Charlene. And I was like, no, I can play a boy. Like, let's keep it as is. And we just transformed our classroom into the chocolate factory. And, you know, it was really amazing. My parents were there. Uh, my siblings were there. My mom, like, recorded it. Um, and so it was just, it was an, it, it was an eye-opening experience. But it was like, this is something that I love.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. That's great to feel that at such a young age, Kelly. Yeah, so- but, but then this brings me to my, to my next question, really interesting, you know, like, like moving forward a little bit, you go to Savior University in uh, New Orleans,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um, you were starting to become a forensic psychologist, which is yeah. nuts, because like, <laughs> what, a, what, what a loss that would have been for all of us, right? <laughs> um, and from what I understand, you're doing great, too, you know, you're doing having great grades, you know, acing all your tests. But mm-hmm. Kelly, what was the moment where you're like, Mm-mm, no, 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 like, this is just not, not the path.
0: I think when I saw all of those science classes I was going to have to take and it was like oh so no this isn't just a one semester thing this is what you're going to be doing for the next three four if you decide to go on to get you know graduate school this is something that you're going to be doing for a very long time and you know I had kind of pushed that younger Kelly aside who was like yes we're going to be an actor and allowed myself to believe, like, acting isn't a real job. That's not something that you make a profession out of. Like, you got to have a real job that's going to give you insurance, that's going to pay your bills, all of those things. And I think I just got to a point where I was like, but I'm paying all this money to go to school to do something that I really enjoy, but it's not something that I love. What do you love to do? And it was like, performing acting that's what you love all right let's pursue it and see what happens
1: that's awesome that's great yeah. I feel like I feel like with this pandemic a lot of people are having these realizations that they did mm-hmm. not do what you did or or they want to or they're doing it all these radical shifts so it's credit to you that you did it at uh, such a young age such clarity yeah. that's that's amazing Thank you. and um, yeah of course and then but okay so you have this breakthrough you go back to Georgia state um, you made your in theater and we're so glad you did again. You joined the black student uh, theater ensemble,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you did uh, "Shaking That Mess." Um, yeah, how did that shaking feel?
0: the mess out of misery.
1: Shaking the mess out of misery. <laughs> how did that feel, right? Because you're coming off that classroom, you're coming off the science, and like you just get on that stage, you know, getting into the emotions of another character, another world. Do you remember that feeling, Kelly?
0: I do. It was like, oh yeah. This is why you left Xavier University. Like, this is what drives you. This is what gets the blood blood pumping through your veins. You know, this is the, the the theater aspect of of being in front of that audience of like, hey, if you mess up, if you drop your line, you got to figure out how to keep going. And so it was just like, Oh my God, and being surrounded by other people who were just as passionate about it, the, our, our director at the time, Sherelle Luckett, who's now gone on to become Dr. Sherelle Luckett um, in theater. And mm. you know, it was just such an, an, another eye-opening experience of like, oh, there are other like-minded individuals out yeah. here who are pursuing their dreams.
1: That's, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. And then you you go to the youth ensemble of Atlanta and under the uh, tutelage of Freddie Hendricks, the the legendary. So I I did want to ask you, Kelly, tell us a little bit, that's such a renowned, you know, performing arts institution. Mm -hmm. Tell us like folks that have not been in those shoes. Like, what is that? Like, I've always wondered, is there a lot of pressure involved competition, the day to day in in something like that?
0: You know um, so the, uh, the Youth Ensemble was founded by Freddie Hendricks uh, back in 1996, I want to say. I joined, um, you know, several years after its fa- fi- founding. Um, and so working with Freddie Hendrix, he was such an intense and compassionate director who forced you into moving beyond yourself and into the ordinary and, and like propelled us into the extraordinary. And... I I thank God for being able to be under him because it really had, it set the foundation for the rest of my acting career to always be on point, to always be professional. And there wasn't necessarily a, sense of competition in a negative sense there was a sense of competition in how prepared are you how ready are you because at any given moment because it was an ensemble we had to know every single part every single piece of blocking because at any moment and it actually happened to me you can be going on stage and freddie or the stage director would say okay now you're going to actually play this part tonight and you uh, needed to have it and you ooh. needed to be perfect and so just having that foundation of like no i always need to be on top of my game was um such a a beautiful foundation to be put upon and to to carry that into work today you know it definitely helps me to stand out
1: wow he's tough then yeah 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 he's tough but but the good tough I, i i i know who you're saying we've all We've all had a few of those.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like a father. We still keep in contact today. And I just, I adore that man. I absolutely adore him.
1: That's amazing, Kelly. Yeah. So, so then, you, you know, you go on, you do uh, Rejoice with Kenny Leon around mid-2000s, 2005, five, six or something like that. Mm-hmm. When, when did you, like, was it around this time, like, when did you realize, like, okay, like, I'm doing great. Probably everyone's telling you how great you are and and you started thinking like man you know what i think i think i can take that next step
0: yeah so it and it's funny it was a rejoice i remember we we were doing a prayer circle and one of the leads of the play was like you know i just feel like somebody in the circle is contemplating making a really big move and i just want to encourage you to make that move and no. i i'm i'm in the circle like what we didn't talk about this nobody knows that I'm contemplating moving to LA and it there was just a sense of peace like what you have been thinking about doing do it just step out on faith and and do what it is that you need to do while also making sure that you're prepared to do it and so if that was the moment that it was like I think I'm gonna go to LA
1: yeah
0: Mm-hmm. It's amazing
1: how the universe speaks to us, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like
1: if you're in tune, you're in tune. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And
1: um, okay, so, so you pack up, you pack up your car. Are you married at this point,
0: Kelly? I'm not married at that you're point. Not married. No. Okay. So you, but I was, I was dating um, my boyfriend, and I moved out to L.A. together. Yeah. But we're not together, and he and I did end up getting married. Um, but then we got divorced. You got But divorced. I, I was able to move out here with somebody, which made it so much easier, you know. Yeah. To, be able to move out to LA by yourself, because it was already a big move. So to be able to move out here with someone else, it, it really kind of, I guess, helped me to stay here.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, so you did the drive from Atlanta to LA.
0: Did the drive from Hardest Atlanta. <laughs> what do
1: you remember from that drive? I, I'm, I'm just curious because it's like, it's it seems like, you know, wind in the blowing up your hair. Yes. It's like big life change happening. What do you remember from that drive?
0: You know, it, it's funny because I had a Chevy Malibu and I could not get clearance to haul the trailer. Like they were like, no, your car will not take, the, you can't haul your trailer on this car. And so my parents had a Chevy Tahoe. And they were like, all right, well just take the Chevy Tahoe and then bring it back. And then you can bring, take your car. And so uh, my then boyfriend, we drove my parents Chevy Tahoe out. Um, I remember us kind of stopping along the way. We um, were like, oh, we should stop at Vegas. And so we put that in the GPS and Mm -hmm. we end up going to old town, Las Vegas. And so we're looking around and we're like, this doesn't look like Vegas at all. And we realize like, oh, this this is not Vegas, Vegas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because being from Atlanta, like the first few times I went with my family, we put the Coca-Cola on the on the old school GPS.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. Thinking it was gonna
1: take us to the museum. Right. And it, and it took us to like the bottle distillery. In like, in like the wrong part of town, basically. Right, and
0: yeah. I'm just like,
1: I don't think this is where you drink all the yes. peps, all the sodas from the world. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> oh, man. That's great, Kelly. And and so was it hard, like those first few months in LA? Because obviously you were the creme of the creme of the state of Georgia. But yeah. now you're like competing with... Everybody. Everybody. How was yeah. that transition?
0: You know, it was difficult. Um, and I did mostly, or really, yeah, mostly theater in atlanta and you know got to perform at the alliance theater in there so you know you get this sense of like oh i am a big fish in a little pond and then you come out to la and you're like no you are a mackerel you are a tiny little fish in a huge pond because everybody is an actor out here your dentist is also pursuing being an actor the pastor that just gave the sermon on sunday he's also trying you know everybody is an actor. And so it was this awakening of like, yeah, you came out here like, hey, guys, I'm talented. Who wants to hire me? And it's crickets, you know, but before I moved out, I did send my headshot and resume out to different theater companies. And I ended up booking um, a play that I got to do And So I was really grateful for that opportunity and then just being in class and just really working on tuning my skills but it was a wake-up call like you're not gonna just be able to come out here and yeah and you get discovered and now you're in films and tv shows it took me seven years before I booked my first co-star role
1: yeah happy endings right
0: happy endings yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah So yeah. you, definitely, you definitely were focused, you know, you didn't let the punches drag you down. That's, mm-hmm. that, that, that was in the research, the, the, the best part of the story, I felt like, man, like yeah. what a resilient gal Kelly is. We could all have <laughs> someone like that in our corner. Um, so you were like six, seven years kind of like dodging punches. Tell us about happy endings, like when you were like, finally, you can catch a breath. Tell us a little bit about the audition, the call, all that good stuff.
0: Oh, that it was such an amazing experience because it was Susan Vash, she was casting. It was my third time going into audition for her. And I already had a meeting set up to go talk with my agent. So I did the audition um you know read with with Susan Bash and I walked out like uh like it was a cool audition but I'm not right for the role so I go to my agent's office because we had this meeting set up and I had on a top and she was like oh I love that top and she was like how did the no I emailed her and I was like so I'm done with this audition headed to the office I feel like I did good I'm just not right for this role. And so when I came in the office, she was talking about my, my top that I had on. It was a purple top with flowers and everything. And she was like, I love that top. And I was like, yeah, I stole this from a friend of mine back home. And she wants it back. She was like, OK, I don't care about that. You booked your first uh, TV role. And I was like, what? And she was like, the role that you said you didn't think you were right for, you booked it. And I remember calling my mom. Oh my god! I feel like I'm getting emotional now. I, I remember calling my mom, and I was just crying. And I was like, "I booked my first TV role. You know, Did you call my first
1: from the hallway or from your car. You're playing. No, I called role. from
0: the office. I called from, from my office. agent's phone. Yeah, and you know, it was just like I I booked my first TV role. And so it was so overwhelming, and it was just a reminder of like, you don't you don't know what what the outcome is going to be just put your best foot forward yeah keep
1: going you know definitely and there's a lesson there boys and girls use a purple blouse with flowers for this big (laughs) moment
0: and her steal the blouse from your friend did
1: you you give it back or did you keep it for your hall of fame
0: i still have it of
1: course you did absolutely that's going to the uh you know screen actors guild hall of fame one day um Let's talk about Manhunt for a second. Great new TV mm-hmm. show, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, it's on CVS and, and, and it's near and dear to your heart because it's Atlanta.
0: Yes. And,
1: it, and it's, it, it's funny, you know, th- that we're talking now because in this show, sometimes we, we talk, we're talking during the pandemic to these small venues trying to, you know, get recognition because they're shut down. And we went to the Tabernacle, uh, mm-hmm. like in, in two months ago in downtown Atlanta. And they were talking about the, the bomb incident. Yeah. In, in, the, in the Atlanta Olympics, and he was right there and then, so I just thought that was cool, but tell us what you 've learned about your hometown from this show. Have you learned, learned anything new?
0: Yeah, you know because I was much younger when this happened, there were a lot of things that I was just not privy to i didn 't understand the depth of the the betrayal that Richard Jewell had to face and how yeah. the media like utterly destroyed this man. And I didn't even realize that the the real bomber had gone on to do three additional bombings and that, you know, they did not capture him. I wanna say until like 2006 or seven, I can't remember exactly. Like I didn't know the span of of how long this manhunt was. And I didn't even, you know, realize that they never really said Hey, I'm sorry, Richard Jewell, for what we did. You were a hero. You saved hundreds of lives, Mm. but we destroyed your life. And you know, Richard Jewell ended up passing. I think in 2006. You know, and it was just it was it was so heartbreaking that you know he's not able to see the the Clint Eastwood film or you know my series Manhunt: Deadly Games that that say we see you. We see what happened, and it wasn't right. Please allow this to offer some type of vindication and peace, you know, for your life.
1: Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love the way you put it, Kelly. And uh, yeah. before we finish off with some music questions, let's just since we're like on that like kind of like sphere, um, what's your take on all on all the social issues that like have kind of like being so impactful this year in our country. Um, do you think that there's some legs here or do you think that they will kind of be forgotten as an election year um, thing?
0: You know, I think it has the, the potential to go either way. You know, it, everything that we have dealt with this year has been so extremely heavy. Um, but as a believer, as a Christian, my focus is always shine light be light because there is so much darkness and it doesn't mean that i'm not affected by the brutality that is happening to my people um or other people of color across the the world it just means that i have to have a different perspective my response has to be different i can't cuss and scream and cry and yell and just spew back the same hatred that is being spewed at us I acknowledge it, I hear it, I understand it, and then I say, I still have to be light. And what change, how can I affect change? What is it that I'm going to do That will be able to affect change, and so that's really kind of been my take on all of this social injustices that we've had to deal with, and just trying to find the light in every situation that we are presented with. And sometimes it is extremely challenging to find that light, and then I have to remind myself, "You're the light." Like. You are the light, Kelly. So just do what you're supposed to do and shine. The My light bulb, my ring light is never like, hmm, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a light. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. When I turn it on, it shines. And so it's like, Kelly, you're a light. Just be a light.
1: Amazing. Kelly, I got to tell you, like, forget acting superstar. Forget <laughs> charming that screen and the screens and all that. I- I'm inspired, man. It's like Oprah, Tony Robbins, like... <laughs> <laughs> where are we going man like woo I love it we're pumped
0: thank you yeah yeah
1: of course kelly and really quickly by the way uh you got nominated with your current husband to the yes. MS at the same time like that's good it's, it's you realize that doesn't like that just doesn't happen right yeah
0: we were we were the first african american married couple to be nominated in the same year and so it was that was huge like being nominated as an actor is huge being yeah. nominated with your husband and mm. making history in that nomination there are just no words I mean, to to really articulate what that moment meant to the both of us and what it still means to the both oh, of sure. us yeah oh yeah
1: and like award season how many good dates like the whole thing
0: yeah yeah and yeah. and what i loved most about it like my husband is a social butterfly <laughs> he well he has never met a stranger a day in his life and i'm more of a recluse sometimes i'm like i don't want to go on the red carpet i don't want to do this interview i don't want to and so just to have that balance of like you know hey i look to my side and my my best friend my spouse is there and there's just a sense of comfort that comes over me and and because we were both nominated our plus ones opened up so he got to invite someone else I got to invite my mom oh wow yeah so it was just it was such a beautiful that's crazy
1: so you get to do the mom and the significant other that's man you just killed it oh that's great that's great (laughs) Kelly let me leave you with some with some music questions bring it up to theme what's the um okay what's the first concert that you ever went to
0: first concert I went to was um, the Jackson 5.
1: Oh my god.
0: And my sister and I freaked out because they came out in these like silver robot like we were young girls. We were little and it terrified us and we were screaming and um, my mom's boyfriend at the time, like, had to take us out. We couldn't stay oh, in there because we were so yeah, we were so panicked. We were like, I don't know what you know. We just we we freaked out.
1: Oh wow! But hey, listen. But you saw the Jackson Five. It counts. Yeah. It counts. <laughs> um, what music do you is your go-to when you get the call from your agent saying you got the role, you got the Netflix movie? What's like your like heck yeah song? Mm.
0: That's a good one. Um, (laughs) I'm like, what is it? It's a couple of different things. It just depends on where I am. Like Stephanie Gretzinger is always my go-to. So I've really been like pumping her album um, uh, a lot. And so it's just kind of like my happy place. And and when I listen to uh, any of her albums, it's just like, yeah, see, you got it. Keep going, keep going. And then when I really like want to turn up, I'll pump up some uh, Jasmine Sullivan um, or India Irie. Like those mm-hmm. are, are some of my absolute go-tos.
1: Nice, nice, Kelly. Yeah. Okay. And your favorite, obviously Atlanta has such a great musical tradition. What's your mm-hmm. uh, your favorite Atlanta musician?
0: Ooh, you know, it's it's a tie between <laughs> good, between Goody Mob and Outkast.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Dory Usher. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Usher. I love you. I love you. But it's like Usher is kind of from Atlanta. He's really like from Tennessee. Oh. But you know, he, he does rep Atlanta, but Goody Mob and Outcast are like homegrown ATLens yeah. that I'm like, yeah, those are my people.
1: Oh my God. Kelly, yes. you've said it all. <laughs> What a thank great you. you're, you're even more amazing than we could have expected. Thank you oh, so much, thank Kelly. Thank you for
0: saying that. Thank you absolutely. so much for having me. This has been an amazing interview. Thank no, you. Oh,
1: absolutely. You know, my audience, you know, I, like they will totally recognize you because you've been on so many great movies, great shows, and you always bring smiles to people's faces,
0: honestly. So thank you. For that. All <laughs>
1: thank right, you. Kelly.
0: Thank you. All have right. Thank you. Safe. All right. You too. You've been listening to J Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.